Hello, welcome to this episode of the Football Girl Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Jacobs. Ah, we have made it to the final four. It's so crazy. There's only four teams left. I mean, I know that's the obvious thing, but when you just think about like the different places where the different franchises are, some hiring GM, some hiring coaches, interviewing coaches, some both, and then some are like completely dialed in to try to win a Super Bowl. And yes, one of those teams, the San Francisco 49ers. <sighs> Man, I I don't know about you guys, but I've literally been emotionally drained the entire week from those four games last weekend in the divisional round. I used to say that the 2012 uh, 49ers Saints game of in the divisional round was like the best game that I ever saw. Well, I saw it in person, but it was the best game that I could remember like as a functioning adult. Um, maybe the Niners when I was really young had more exciting games because um, that was really the heart of their dynasty. But that had so many back and forths. I don't remember the other games from that 2012 weekend, but I'm going to remember all four of the games from the 2022 weekend. I mean, unfreaking believable. And I wanted to bring you, this is kind of a late week podcast, uh, but part of the reason I wanted to uh, have this, this is going to be a slightly shorter episode than we normally have, is because, you know, when the Bengals won, Evan McPherson with that ice in his veins. I mean, that kid, by the way, like, obviously, we're going to talk about Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and, you know, CJ Uzama. And, like, there's so many cool, awesome playmakers on the Bengals. But that kid, Evan McPherson, oh, my gosh. This is why you draft kickers once in a blue moon. Uh, But in any event, you know, that game – Ends with the game-winning field goal by Evan McPherson. Like, not even a question. Kid is so, kid is so money. I wish I had his confidence in, like, pretty much any facet of life. But, you know, you're just like, oh, my gosh. Like, on such a high from that game. And then it happens in the next game. And then the next game. And then the Bills Chiefs. And it's like... I feel like the Bengals, I mean, not people in Cincinnati, but I feel like the Bengals, despite all the media, are still getting, like, the smallest amount of, like, remembrance of just the incredible way that they got here. So, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm a Niners fan, but I am rooting so hard for Niners-Bengals Super Bowl, and obviously I want the Niners to win, but... Like, Bengals are my second favorite team. I've, like, really grown to love them. I think this might be, like, our third episode this year where we're going to focus on them. Um, But I am thrilled. I am thrilled to chat more in depth about, well, not my Cincinnati Bengals. Your Cincinnati Bengals. I know there's a lot of, there's a lot of bandwagon Niner fans out there, and I know there's a lot of, Bengals bandwagon fans and you're you're all welcome in both places because you know the Chiefs Chiefs are exciting but for hosting four AFC championships in a row I mean 
good for them. They're an amazing organization. But it's kind of like been there, done that, just from a like being mesmerized standpoint as a non-Kansas City person. And then the Rams, I mean, they're, you know, they're impressive in a lot of ways. They have a lot of stars. Stafford played great, but I don't know. They don't, they just don't have much of a fan base. I apologize if you're like a diehard LA Rams fan. You can yell at me on Twitter at the football girl. Hopefully you don't, but... There's a reason that Los Angeles tried to restrict ticket sales only to Los Angeles residents because they saw what happened in week 18 when it was literally, as we here like to say, Levi's South down at SoFi Stadium. So I don't know. It's just hard to get that excited about the Rams just because it doesn't feel like there's that many people excited about the Rams. But in any event, let's go back to the Bengals and we're going to get more in depth on that team. I'm so excited to watch them play this weekend. I'm going to be chatting with Lindsay Patterson, uh, who's a great reporter. She's actually joined us the last couple of years when we've done the all-female mock draft. She's represented the Bengals. She's a reporter for WKRQ and also covers the Cincinnati Bagels for Sports Illustrated. So let me get you right to my conversation with Lindsay Patterson. So, Lindsay, nothing's been going on in Cincinnati this week, huh? Pretty pretty boring from a sports perspective. Yeah. Yeah, your typical January, uh, not a whole lot of football, <laughs> just that uh, AFC Championship talk, which is not something we're familiar with in Queen City. Yeah, so, well, I mean, what has, like, what has it been like in, in the city this week? It, it's been insane, and I think a lot of people, because of just how the last two weeks have really gone, everybody wanted to talk about the curse, the playoff drought, it's been over 30 years, and then they do that. And then you get another playoff game, and then you hear, well, Cincinnati's never won a road playoff game. Can they do it again against the number one seed and the return of Derrick Henry? And then they do that. (sighs) And now it's like the realization that they are one game away from the Super Bowl, which it's the first time in 33 years that that can come out of anybody's mouth in Cincinnati. (laughs) So that's been incredible, but the vibes are exciting. There's pep rallies and and all the excitement and the snow weather and, and the Queen City right now. But, uh, yeah, it, it's pretty incredible. And I think a lot of people, they can't believe it and they won't believe it <laughs> until it happens. Okay, fair fair enough. Well, it's interesting because, I, you know, Joe Burrow, who obviously wasn't born when the Bengals were last in the Super Bowl. I mean, they, he's always asked this in the post game, like, what does it, you know, what does it mean to you, like, given the, the dark history of the Bengals? And he's just, it's like, we're just worried about today. Like he just seems so unaffected by the franchise's drought. So I guess, how, how do you think Burrow's going to handle the pressure and, and the noise at, at Arrowhead? You know, I, it's been a part of Joe Burrow's life. You go back to Ohio State, then he transfers to LSU, and then playing in the SEC, which is incredible. The atmosphere is crazy. And then he has the 2019 season that's just record-breaking year, go in the playoff, win a championship, and be doubted when you're the number one draft pick and the pressure that's been put on Joe Burrow. To his credit, 
And all of the big games that he's really needing to step up on, the college football playoffs, any of the games mm-hmm. in the playoffs so far for the Cincinnati Bengals, he's been that guy. And Jamar Chase, who is very familiar with him, told <laughs> us this week that he likes that underdog role. He likes the pressure. That's something that he thrives in. I think I've heard Kirk Herbstreit say that like he's someone you don't want to play against, but you want him on your team because he just <laughs> wants to just take your soul. <laughs> <laughs> I also think because he's a really great guy, but he is. He's so intense when it comes to football, and he's really just stepped up in big games. I mean, his first full season in Cincinnati, and they're at they're at the AFC Championship game, and I don't think you could ask for more. And, and this one's going to be a tall task, but you know, I, I wouldn't bet against Joe right now. Yeah, and and can you you kind of just answered this and what you just said, but can you talk about just like some of the traits that he has, I mean, he's in the sense that, I mean, that guy is just so beloved by his teammates, right? Oh yeah. I, I mean, I have been in the Cincinnati locker room and I know it's a little different now with all the COVID-19 <laughs> restrictions, probably since 2012. And to say that they did have good seasons with Andy Dalton from 2011 to 2015, they obviously couldn't get over the playoff hump. I don't remember a team that is as together as this team is. And it's not just the offense and the weapons of the wide receivers and Joe Burrow. It's the defensive guys who are hype guys for Joe Burrow. <laughs> I mean, Tito even said it. he was one of their free agents from Dallas, and he said it just a couple weeks ago. He wanted to come play with Joe Burrow, DJ Reader. I mean, these are defensive guys who believe in their quarterback. And Joe just talked to the media about an hour ago. And, you know, some of the things he said, he's like, this is why I play football. It's because I'm preparing for moments like these. You know, he doesn't want the the he wants the, the be playoff wins in the wild card weekend. He he has higher aspirations and he just plays it so cool. But all the guys in the locker room they buy in. No, that's awesome. And obviously, he has that special chemistry with Jamar Chase. I mean, you know, they're obviously they were college teammates, but. I mean, it didn't skip a beat at all when, when they got to the NFL. I mean, are you are you, are you even surprised at just like how elite their connection already is? Yeah, you know, going into this off season, everybody felt like they were going to go Jamar Chase at five, and having that connection with Joe Burrow, obviously, offensive line. It's still a struggle for this team, and I feel they'll focus on it going into this next offseason. But when you look at what they did in OTAs and just practices leading up to training camp, Joe Burrow was coming off rehab, but Mm -hmm. he was spending extra time at practice just working on that deep ball. And going back to the first game against Minnesota, you know, all the talk in the preseason, Jamar Chase can't catch a ball. He has all these drops. And he's been incredible ever since. I think he was just playing a trick on all of us <laughs> because his regular season has been unbelievable. Just the chemistry connection. I mean, sometimes, even in the Kansas City game, week 17, for him to put up the numbers he did, wow. 266, which is absolutely incredible, three touchdowns. And, and he was there. I mean, the defense was there for Kansas City, but they just have the chemistry. They know where the ball is going to be against the 49ers. I'm sure you're familiar with that game, too, where, you know, late fourth quarter mm-hmm. comeback, Joe finds Jamar Chase in the end zone to make it a game. And it's just – it's them. They just get each other. And it's unbelievable to think that Jamar Chase is 21 years old. Yeah, I know. I know. We have a lot of years of, of watching those two two ahead of us. But you mentioned the offensive line. Obviously, Joe Burrow was sacked nine times last week. I still can't believe that, that happened and the Bengals won. Um, 
you know, what, uh, I know the Titans run more stunts and all that than, than the Chiefs, but what, you know, what adjustments do you think the line needs to make to not have a repeat of last week? Yeah, they can't have that happen again for, for Joe Burrow's sake. I mean, for him to bounce back the way he did, even though he did get knocked down nine times. And I think most of the problems last week was just a little bit of miscommunication and not like that's going to be easier when you're at Arrowhead <laughs> and it is very loud. So that is something that they've all had to talk about and fix during practice this week. Look, they are missing Riley Reef. They've missed him for the last couple of weeks now, and he's out for the season. And that was one of their additions on the off, uh, in the offseason for the right side of the offensive line. Jonah Williams, their future left tackle who's out there, he mm-hmm. has to play better. And in the interior, I mean, I feel like that's where the Chiefs are going to want to attack. They didn't do it the last matchup, but obviously that's the biggest weakness for Cincinnati right now. And even though Joe Burrow is the guy in Cincinnati, he always tries to make something out of nothing, which mm-hmm. to his credit sometimes works more times than not. He does have to get rid of it when he yeah. can if there's nothing there. Because we did see that a few times against the Titans. And, totally. and Joe will tell you, that's, that's stuff that he has to he has to throw away. So I, I think it was a little bit of everybody. But, yeah, the offensive line, they, they got to step up in this one. And I would say uh, that's going to be their weakest link. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the noise at Arrowhead, we already talked about it. I'm just curious what your take is on how the Bengals fans are going to travel. Are they going to travel well? Yeah, it's been pretty incredible. Uh, A lot of people were in Nashville last week, and obviously it's not as bad to get to Nashville as Kansas City. But, you know, people are taking off today. They're flying out tomorrow with it being a Sunday game, the first Sunday game of the playoffs. We've been playing on Saturdays the last two weeks. So a lot of people are making a long weekend out of it. The tickets are a little more pricey for a lot of fans. Uh, I I think they said, and and I could be misquoting right now, it's been – maybe the highest AFC championship cost for the Kansas city game. And they're kind of used to it there because they posted it four years in a row, but yeah, a lot of Bengals fans are are making the trip. It's going to be incredible weather, 48 degrees and sunny. So I I think it's worth the trip. You know, if if a lot of people don't want to, or they don't believe the Super Bowl is the next step and they kind of want to experience the AFC championship weekend, because it's definitely on the bucket list of a lot of sports fans. So they're going to be there and they're excited. Yeah. And it's like, come on, Kansas city. I mean, you've already been, to AFC championship you're just gonna host it every year so like <laughs> let, let the Bengals have a little fun right <laughs> I think they would take that right now if possible <laughs> that happened when you know when the Patriots and the Rams were in the Super Bowl and I remember being like oh maybe we'll see some real Rams fans because I mean how many times are Patriots fans gonna keep paying for this trip to come here for you know to spend the week and like lo and behold like they did again so (laughs) I guess maybe when your team like maybe the Bengals will start to experience this when your team is like a staple in the postseason you just like have part of your family budget and be like this piece of the pie is like just for to spend on our team when they are in the postseason I don't know travel tickets whatever um so you know, I, I guess everyone is very fixated on Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase for obvious reasons when they look at this team um, as a whole. But, like, I guess in this game in particular and maybe just in general, like, who would you consider a secret weapon for the Bengals, Lindsay? That's actually something I've been thinking about a lot. And I would go more on the offensive side for me right now. Maybe not so much of a secret because he's having his best career right now and that's credit to Joe Burrow I felt like that connection happened early last year before he tore his Achilles but that's going to be CJ Uzama has mm. a tight end because 
if a lot of focus is over on Jamar Chase, I still feel like T. Higgins would be a number one receiver on a lot of rosters, and he's been number one in games this season for the Cincinnati Bengals. So focus is going to be on T. Higgins to have himself a game, too. You could look at Tyler Boyd as being their third option in the slot, but C.J. Uzama, for me, at tight end, has been a connection that Joe Burrow has gone to in a lot of moments when his other guys aren't there. He had a couple key first downs in the game versus the Titans. And then I'll go running back, too, with Chris Evans. He's one of the rookies who a lot of people felt was a steal in the NFL draft this past year. And he has come in as a special teamer and returning some punts and kicks. But I think he could be someone who on the ground, if they want to run the ball and see a little bit of success, because it's something that they've struggled with over the last couple of weeks, throw it in the air to short passes to Joe Mixon and then have Chris Evans out there at running back too. So those are my two secret weapons on offense. All right. That sounds sounds good. Um, like pro, thinking of prop bets already. Um, but <laughs> so, so Zach Taylor, uh, you know, ha, he's taken some criticism for being, uh, you know, sometimes too conservative. I mean, do you think that's fair? Yeah, I, I think, you know what, it's really crazy because I was I was here. I grew up in the Marvin Lewis era and then Zach came to town three years ago and it was going to be different when the head coach is calling the plays and then they dropped Joe Burrow in his second year. I think he's someone who isn't afraid to get a little more aggressive towards this last year, this third year with having Joe Burrow. Because when you have number nine out there, you feel like you can do that. They've gone for it more on fourth downs. And I remember so many past Bengals teams that would just go in the locker room with timeouts in their pocket not try to get those extra points. And, and that's something that I feel like Zach has changed a little bit. The one where he got really conservative would be the beginning of the season and then obviously the 49ers game. I think that one right. is just like the red dot. Everybody <laughs> remembers that one because you put it in Joe's hands and, and there's a chance that they, they win that game in overtime. But I, I think he's gotten better with that because of the snap counts for Joe that they have extended. They were easing him into the season because he's coming off the knee injury. I'd say he's taken a little more chances and he hasn't been in the past, you know, a little conservative on some of his plays. So I think that's something that Zach is really working on and, and letting Joe, you know, make some decisions out there. Go back to week 17 and when everybody in Paul Brown Stadium was thinking, kick the field goal when they're up, I mean, they're, they're, they have a chance to win the game right then and there. And Zach Taylor wanted the touchdown because he knew he was going against Patrick Mahomes in, in regulation. And Patrick Mahomes was going to have a little less than a minute. So he didn't even want to mess with that. And now it all ended up working out. It was kind of wild, the, the last part of that game. But, you know, there, there's ups and downs with that. But I would say he's getting better at just kind of saying, like, look, look what I have on the field right now. I got to trust my quarterback and going into this game. Field goals aren't going to win it. I mean, Evan mm-hmm. McPherson is something else and a great weapon for them when you get past the 50. But you're going against Patrick. So they, they've definitely got to they got to put their, their foot on the pedal for this one. Yeah. And of course, Mahomes only needs 13 seconds. We, we saw last week. Yeah. Is that something I just like? Do you think the Bengals are spending this week like just making sure they don't muck up that situation like the Bills did if if they happen to be in it again? Oh, 100%. And that's why I think, you know, a lot of people might say, oh, it doesn't matter. You know, it's it's postseason when you're playing the Chiefs and things like that. Joe Burrow right now is looking for his fourth opponent to sweep. He did against the Raiders, Ravens, Steelers in divisional play, and then obviously the Raiders in the postseason. So this will be the fourth one when it comes to Kansas City. And also just being familiar with that. You know, they don't even need the divisional game against the Bills to know – 
we don't want Patrick Mahomes to have any time when it comes to the fourth quarter if we're in that game. I mean, both quarterbacks, I say if there's 20 seconds on the clock, you look at Joe Burrow against the Titans. You know, anybody's game with that final score, and you want to keep it out of both of their hands. So I, I'm hoping it stays close. I have thought about 1,000 different ways this game is going to end, and it's gone good, it's gone bad, it's gone really bad. But I just, I don't know. I have no clue, but you can't, you can't give uh, Patrick Mahomes any time. When it's, are, when it's in the fourth quarter. Lindsay, are you having like end of game nightmares and waking up in the middle of the night? No, but I've definitely, I've had those leading up to divisional and wild cards. This one is still like pinch us because it's really happening. Nobody really knows how to react. So I think when we get to Sunday, it's going to be painful to get to three Eastern our time. And then when it finally gets here, pins and needles because who knows what is really going to happen? I, I I keep changing my mind on the prediction. <laughs> yeah, I will. I won't ask you a prediction because I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure you'll change your mind again. But so so I just want to mention Trey Flowers. You know, he was picked up on waivers, and you know he's been groomed into this like tight end stopper role. And you know, Travis Kelsey was very much held in check in Week 17. And I'm just wondering, you know, why you think he's just having so much more success in Cincinnati than he did in Seattle, where he was kind of a liability, actually. Yeah, it's wild because you know, social media always reacts when a player gets released and signed. And as soon as they signed Trey, I, I, I looked and just kind of took a peek at social media over there on the Twitter to see what people <laughs> were saying. Everyone's like, I can't believe they, you know, they they picked him up. You know, he's stepped up. You can look at the side. And for him to do what he did against Kelsey is huge because in the bank past, they struggle with tight ends. Look at George Kittle. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had himself a game. I look just everyone. Kittle, Patrick Holmes. I'm worried about traffic. And to do it twice, to, to kind of put him in check twice, is going to be a tall task. So, you know, this defense has its work cut out for him. But, yeah, no no credit to Trey for him to be able to go in a new environment. And sometimes it just takes a new team to kind of change mm-hmm. your, your career around and, and, you know, your future in the NFL. And that's something that he's doing. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, well in closing, you know, I, I guess if the Bengals don't pull it out on Sunday, you know, will this season still be considered a success or is this already – like a Super Bowl or bust team? Not at all. I mean, I know fans don't want to hear that one. And when I say that, you know, if they don't, if they don't go to the Super Bowl, it was a terrible season. Uh, I think even just, you know, thinking about this weekend is pretty incredible for Joe. First full season, AFC championship game, coming off an injury, expectations were not anywhere close that the Cincinnati Bengals were going to win their division in the AFC North, which I still feel is a tough division. I know a lot of the teams in it had a lot of injuries, but for them to do what they've been able to do to knock off the playoff curse, to get over the road playoff stuff, and then get into the conference championship. I think you look back at this season and I don't know one you can compare besides the Super Bowl years that will live up to what we're seeing now. I mean, people who went to those games in NADE, they're saying like, this is more exciting right now. And, and who knows if you get back, it's not that easy. <laughs> we might look back and say, wow, I remember that season. I wish, you know, they would have made it to the Super Bowl. But I think you you have to look at this and feel very encouraged with this young roster and, and the salary cap looking into next year and having mm. that room. And obviously the offensive line will be a focus, but 
I think it's exciting when you look at the youth on this Bengals roster offensively and defensively right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, good. Po- yeah. Good point there on the cap as well. So, all right, Lindsay. Well, best of luck. As 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 I said before we we started um, recording, I'm very much rooting for a, a 49ers Bengals uh, Super Bowl. So, hopefully, hopefully we'll get that. And yeah, I hope it's a great experience for you. Yeah, I'm hoping I'm going to California soon. So let's, <laughs> let's make it happen. Yes, sounds good. All right, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And thanks again to Lindsay Patterson. You can follow her on Twitter at Linz Patterson. That's L-N-D-S Patterson. And that's a wrap on this episode of the Football Girl Podcast. Thank you to all of you who listened. If you're a 49ers fan, a Bengals fan, and a Chiefs fan, good luck to you. If you're a Rams fan, I'm not wishing you good luck, but I'm sure you're a great person, and I appreciate you listening nonetheless. Hopefully we get games that are like even 20% as great as the divisional round, then we will all be lucky. And... We'll be back talking about the Super Bowl.